Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you want to learn even more about dyslexia and how students with dyslexia learn how to read? Do you want to have a better understanding of special education terminology, the advantages of dyslexia, and how to help your child with dyslexia? For a limited time, you can sign up for lifetime access to my Understanding Dyslexia online course with a special 20% discount just for my dyslexia-devoted listeners. This course is only open to new participants from now until Thanksgiving 2022. Then I'm closing it down and preparing for my new course opening later this winter. So sign up today while it's still available using the link in this episode description and the promo code PODCAST for 20% off. I hope to see you there. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Have you ever wondered about dyslexia and other languages? Welcome to episode 22 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we are focusing on dyslexia and languages. In today's episode, there are going to be a lot of references to articles, so you can either just listen to my very short recap of the information, or you can read them for yourself using the show description or the show notes at parnelloeducation.com forward slash episode 22. If you have a student with dyslexia in a bilingual education program, you're going to want to talk to educators at the school to find out how it's going. You can download my free conversation guide at parnelloeducation.com forward slash conversation and then include some extra questions specifically targeted to the immersion program and how it's going and use today's episode as a bit of a guide on how you might want to ask some of those questions. So first, let's talk about a language-based learning difference. Sometimes you'll hear that when you find out a kid is diagnosed with dyslexia, they will tell you it's a language-based learning difference. But what does that mean? It means that dyslexia impacts all aspects of language learning, not just reading. Most people think about reading because it's the most noticeable, but it affects so much more than that. Just this past week, I had a sixth grade boy in my office and we were talking about Latin roots. We were trying to brainstorm some words that have specific roots and he repeatedly kept mixing up two similar words to form one new word that didn't really exist. So it took a little bit of trickery for me to figure out which word he actually meant to say. And it's one example of how language can come across with dyslexia having nothing to do with what's written on a page. Just by talking out loud, it also affects language that way too. We also see it with students who have trouble finding the right word to say when they're answering a question and they get put on the spot, especially if they didn't know that someone was going to expect them to talk about something. It also affects how people process language and how aware they are of the sounds within those words, and they may struggle to repeat longer, unfamiliar words, which we often see when kids are little and they say words like paschetti, and we think it's really cute, but that can often be a signal that there's a greater language learning difference happening, that they're too young to notice other details of it just yet. So overall, a language-based learning difference affects how a student learns, processes, and understands language in both verbal and written forms. So this can happen in a student's native language, but it can also happen when a student is trying to learn a new language. So let's talk about it. What does dyslexia look like in other languages? This has been a question that has been asked over and over over the years, 
And now we have more research to better understand dyslexia across languages and cultures. I have found a few articles that will help you better understand dyslexia across languages. And so I've linked them all in the show notes and in the show description so you can access them really easily if you want to read more information. One resource that I absolutely love is understood.org because they write articles in ways that are very easy for parents to understand and don't include too much jargon. Understood has a bilingual dyslexic article, and it is targeted more for students with dyslexia who speak a language other than English at home. Often, these students struggle the most with getting diagnosed with dyslexia because people can't tell if they're simply struggling with a new language in general or if it's because of a learning difference. Also, schools are not allowed to diagnose it as a specific learning disability when really it's only a foreign language struggle, so we aren't over-diagnosing disabilities when that isn't the core issue. It's really because the student is still acquiring a new language. This is why often they will do dyslexia testing and screening in both the child's native language and in English to get a better understanding of the child. And I've seen this a lot, especially with students who speak Spanish at home. So then that way they can see if the problem is really with learning a new language or if the problem is originating in dyslexia that can occur in both languages. I also found another really interesting article about how students might appear to be dyslexic in English, but not in another language. This article presents a more clear understanding of why English can be so much more difficult for bilingual students than their native language, or vice versa. I actually have one student who likes her Spanish activities from school more than her English activities because they make more sense to her, and the way the language is pronounced is a lot more predictable based on the letters on the page, compared to when she looks at English writing, and there's so many different ways to spell different spelling patterns to make the same sound. Different writing systems have different levels of clarity with the way that sounds are represented on paper. Since English comes from so many different language origins, there are many different patterns which can cause confusion when students are reading into spelling. The other day, I was working with a student and the dad wanted to see what his daughter was learning. His first language is Russian, so the reading rule was also very new to him too. And he explained that in Russian, if you see a letter, there's only one way you would say it. So sometimes dyslexia is more obvious in English when there's so many different patterns compared to if a student is speaking a language that has a more clear written pattern for the way you spell sounds. And if there's only one way you would ever spell a sound, it's a lot easier for them to learn to read and spell. Now that links to the next article, which is dyslexia in different writing systems. Fumiko Haft who is an amazing researcher and is very well known in the world of dyslexia and languages. And she goes into more detail about the different types of writing systems and the way that they present in dyslexia. Her research goes very in depth and I definitely would not do it justice if I tried to recap that one. So that one is one you might want to go ahead and read for yourself. Now, dyslexia goes across all languages, but certain languages it might present different than others. One in particular is Chinese because it relies more on memorization of characters, so you don't see the phonics component the same way you would see if a student is trying to sound out words in English or Spanish or French, because it's more about the way they memorize the way the characters look, and then they also have to remember how to say the name of that character. And you can also see the struggle more in the oral language component. Chinese has several different dialects, so around here a lot of the schools end up using Mandarin. And I found an article that discusses more about dyslexia in Chinese and the way it might present, And it's really heavy and scientific, so it's probably the least parent-friendly of the articles and the research that I'm sharing today, but it's come up a lot since I have a large number of Chinese immersion schools in my area because of where I live in California. So I've also linked a second time article with a more simple summary of how dyslexia often appears with students who are learning Chinese, because it's different since they are not using phonics to sound out words, they're memorizing characters. So sometimes students are really good at memorizing characters and shapes, 
and other times they might struggle with more of the oral language component. And a lot of times students who are native Chinese speakers, they don't get diagnosed with dyslexia unless they're having struggles with both the verbal component as well as the written component, and then it becomes a lot more noticeable. In some languages, dyslexia tends to be more profound before they're able to notice that the student is struggling, because depending on the language system, there might be different levels of how difficult it is to learn to read and spell in that language. If the language has really easy and clear patterns of what the letters say, sometimes students don't struggle quite as much compared to if they are coming from learning dyslexia in a language that is a lot more complicated as to how you might pronounce or spell different sounds in that writing system. Now for the last focus of today's episode, which is Should children with dyslexia be in bilingual programs? I hear this question a lot from parents for two different reasons. In young children, I get the question about a bilingual program and if they should keep their child in their bilingual program after dyslexia diagnosis. We have a lot of immersion programs where I live, and so we have French immersion, Spanish immersion, Mandarin immersion, and many other languages, and many of my students are in programs where they speak two languages at school. And the parents are starting to wonder, should we just focus on English because my child has dyslexia? Should that be our focus for now? Or should I keep them in their immersion program? And the second time I get the question about languages is when students start reaching middle and high school when their schools require a second language. And the parents are trying to decide if they should opt out their child out of their language program at their school. Now, there is no specific right or wrong answer, and there are advantages and disadvantages to the choice you make. So let's break it down and give you some questions to guide your thinking. Let's start with immersion programs. The first question is, how's the child doing in it? Are they struggling? If they're not struggling, maybe it's not such a bad idea. But the other question, are they frustrated? Does the homework take them a really long time? And most importantly, are they actually learning the content of the class? For example, if it's math class and their instruction is all in Spanish, but they don't understand the directions... Are they now falling behind in a subject that was previously a strength of theirs? Do they used to be good at math and now they're struggling because they don't understand the directions in the foreign language? Sometimes that's a good sign that it's time to make the switch. The next question about the immersion program should be, how is the child's time and energy being spent? And where do you want to focus that energy? To better understand, it's important to know that students who are fluent in their first language often do better than those who are still struggling in their native language before they try to learn a new one. So do you want to spend time and energy on their second language when they haven't even mastered their first language? The next thing to think about is vocabulary. Often students who are speaking multiple languages have more shallow vocabularies. They learn more conversational vocabulary in both languages rather than going more in depth in vocabulary in one language when they dive deeper into more rich text. Students with dyslexia often already have a vocabulary deficit because they're not reading enough books compared to their peers. And so sometimes you want to think about how is this child's vocabulary being affected? Are they still able to have high-level conversations? Or do they have a more narrow grasp of vocabulary and only speak in really simple words? So one thing we want to make sure of is that we keep exposing students to rich text. And if a student isn't able to read fluently in their native language, they may not be getting as much exposure to rich text as they're going to need to be more successful in the later grades as they get older. As we think about time, we also need to think about any time that they might also have to spend in tutoring or remediation classes. So is that taking away from their mental energy that they have to learn a new language? If it's taking all of their energy just to get through their dyslexia remediation, do they have any mental space left to also learn a new language on top of that? So each child is different. 
Sometimes kids really like their second language classes, and other times it's one more layer of struggle for them. So each kid is going to have a different answer as to what's right for them. Now let's talk about second languages in middle or high school. Sometimes parents take their kids out of bilingual education when they're younger, but then wonder, what about when they get older? Is older a better time? Let's think about how this specific child is doing, because once again, each kid is different. Is their dyslexia already remediated? Are they a fluent reader now? Or are they still a struggling reader? That can make a big difference on your decision. Another decision is what language are they trying to learn? Earlier, we talked about how different writing systems have different clarity for how their reading and spelling patterns work. So a student with dyslexia might do better in Spanish than in French because of the spelling differences and the way you pronounce every letter in Spanish versus French has some letters like an X that you don't say at the end of a word sometimes. And so we want to make sure that if we are picking a language for a student, that we pick one that might be easier for them to learn so that we aren't adding a layer of complexity that isn't necessary. Now, another option is some students actually end up taking American Sign Language for their second language because it can be easier for them to learn when you take out the verbal and spelling components. Some schools will allow you to take a foreign language at a different school or at a community college and still count the credits for their second language requirement. So look at the options in your area to see if sign language is an acceptable second language for your student because that might solve the second language problem and being able to be fluent in American Sign Language can open up doors so the child can actually communicate to many other people that others may not be able to. No matter what you do, always put the child's interest first. What is going to make life the easiest on that child and make them so that they can feel the most level of success? If a student is enjoying their second language, maybe keep them in it. But if it's one more layer of struggle and difficulty, maybe find a way to see if they can opt out of that option or pick a slightly easier language to learn. All right, time to recap today's episode. All right, friends, let's recap today's episode. First, we talked about what a language-based learning difference is and how it can affect all aspects of language and not just learning to read. Then we talked about dyslexia in different languages and how it can present differently. And in some languages, it's more obvious, such as English, if a kid has dyslexia, compared to certain writing systems that have a more simple spelling pattern and their writing system might be a little easier to figure out the patterns for students. And so sometimes dyslexia can go unnoticed a little bit longer in certain languages. Lastly, we talked about second language programs, including elementary immersion programs and upper grades learning a second language as part of their coursework. And we talked about some of the questions you might want to ask yourself as you start deciding if staying in a second language program is what's best for your child or not. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you go download that conversation guide and add in some extra questions about your child's second language program into your conversations with your child's educators as you start deciding what is the best option for your child's second language learning needs. All right, that's it for today. Can't wait to see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time.